This is episode 46 of the Rising Man Podcast with Tom Shellstead. Find your inner guide. Greetings and good day to you, risers, my rising man family. Welcome back to the Rising Man Podcast. It's Jetty Azuma here, your host and the creator of this show, coming to you guys live, still out here in Australia. I'm chilling out here on the Gold Coast, and man, it has been a tremendous, tremendous journey. Lots of learning, lots of growth edges for me personally, being away. This is the longest time that I've ever been out of the country with my family, by far. And uh, it's brought, brought up a lot of interesting learning opportunities for me, which you'll be hearing about in the next couple weeks of Monday Morning Meditations. But today, we have a power-packed episode with a bona fide heavy hitter, who I will introduce here in a moment. But before I do that, I'm going to take a moment to plug this next Elements Men's Initiation Weekend. It's coming up on us fast with the holidays. We're already through Thanksgiving. Christmas is just around the corner. So I want to make sure you guys are aware that January 18th to the 20th in Ojai, California, that's for you Southern Californians out there and everybody who wants to come in. It's just outside of Los Angeles. We're going to be jumping back into our second Elements Initiation Weekend. This is where we circle up as men in the flesh looking each other in the eyes, looking each other in the hearts, and going deep. Having the experience of being out in the wilderness, out in nature, in the natural environment, taking all the distractions of our lives away so that we can step up, so we can lean in, so we can discover and connect to the men that we really want to be in the world. Space is limited, so go over and sign up for your seat right now, rise.jediazuma.com slash elements. It is really a truly transformational experience. The first crew that we brought out there was just unbelievable, and uh, we're going to be publishing a video, a new video, to show you guys a little bit more of a taste of what Elements is all about coming up this week, so be on the lookout for that, rise.jediazuma.com slash elements. For this week, this episode, my guest is a man by the name of Tom Shellstad. Tom co-founded Inner Guide Expeditions, knowing the intrinsic richness in the exploration of both the inner and outer worlds. He draws his passion from a rich background in leadership and education, and is taught in both public and private schools, as well as at the college level, and has significant experience in the field of wilderness therapy, working with at-risk youth, mentoring teens, parent coaching, life coaching, and athletic coaching. Very, very well-rounded. Tom believes that life is richest at the edge of our unfolding, at the intersection of awareness, presence, and engagement. Truly a powerhouse of a man. I really enjoyed this conversation. In this interview, we talked about how to find happiness within instead of seeking it externally, and why we as men fail to connect to what we really want in our lives, what we really want for ourselves as men. We discussed how ego hides itself in service, despite our best intentions, and I was the first one to hold my hand up as being uh, guilty of this, how that ego just sneaks its way in there sometimes, and how we can connect more deeply to authentic spaces of service. Talked about becoming self-directed, giving up approval seeking to become the man that we've always wanted to be, the importance of belonging and how it plays into typical adolescent behaviors, how to find your inner guide, and why we must all deepen our ability to simply pause and listen. Without further ado, Tom Shellstad.
All right, back to the Rising Man podcast here with Tom Shellstead up in Ashland, Oregon. Looking cold up there, man. How you doing up there? <laughs> <laughs> cozy, cozy in my down jacket. <laughs> there you go. It's been it's been a chilly fifty five degrees down here in the mornings in Santa Barbara, and uh, you know I told you I grew up on the East Coast, man. I lost all of my thick skin when I came out here. <laughs> right, and sold all your down jackets. Sold all my down jackets. That's right. No need for them anymore. Except we are going to Montana for Christmas this year, so I'm going to have to ruffle up something. <laughs> uh, it'll come back. <laughs> anyway, man, um, super excited for this conversation we're going to have today. Before we hit record, you and I were already starting to talk about this: how important it is to have these journeys with for young people, especially in this context of this conversation for young men to have that experience of tuning into that inner voice, that inner truth, so critical. And so many men that I've seen haven't had that opportunity because either they didn't know that was something they could do or no one led them to it, et cetera. So great to see a man like yourself doing that in the world. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. We live in a culture, we live in a world that points us to outside of ourselves for our own sense of self, which is batshit crazy, (laughs) really. (laughs) Um, That we... That I mean, everything that we're sold, we're sold like buy this and you'll be happy, buy this and you'll get laid, sport this in some way or another, and then then you'll be happy. And we're and we take it hook, line, and sinker. Mm-hmm. Like from the minute, like when Toys R Us was still around, and we walk through the aisles there, and oh, I want that, I want that, and we're sold it through commercials, and then we go into our adolescence and we're raging with hormones and and again we keep being sold this bill of goods from outside which is lines of bullshit mm-hmm. there's so few people and so few experiences that people have that point us to the inner world and and truly being self-sourced we mm-hmm. it's it's a voice it's a voice that comes when we're quiet enough to actually listen to it. But we're so <laughs> fucking busy. Can I swear on this podcast? Is that cool? Yeah, you can, dude. Yeah, go for <laughs> it. <laughs> I'll just be myself then. We're so busy yeah, please. That, that, that we don't have time. We don't have time. We're, we're full of this. We're, you know, this shit goes off in our pocket. And, and if we don't have it in our pocket, like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I spend days without it around, mm-hmm. without my phone. And I, I will like put a hand on my pocket where my phone usually is because I feel it vibrating and it's not even there. It's so up and in my world, even still, that I am completely distracted and owned by technology. Mm. Getting away from it is, is not possible. But retraining ourselves in where we are sourcing ourselves is possible. Let's, let's, let's open that up a little bit because I know that one of the one of the most challenging questions to ask someone is, what do you want? What do you really want? And I, I've, I've seen some men, I've been frozen by being asked that question before. I've seen other men be frozen by ask, being asked that question. Not just what you want, but what do you really, really want? When you give yourself full permission yep. and you're not listening to the stories or the influences of anyone or anything other than yourself, what shows up? Yep. And I noticed that a lot of men have absolutely no idea. They've never given themselves permission to ask that question. They've never given themselves permission to investigate that. So uh, what do you think we do about that? I would go back to the basics. One, who am I? Who's, the, who's asking? We, we assume so much about, about what is it 
that that the I is if we've even asked. And so much of the assumption of who I am is ego. And if I'm going to answer a question around like, who am I and what do I want? I don't want it to be ego based because it's going to lead me in all sorts of goose chases that are not going to be serving me in the long run. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I ask like, who are you? I'm asking you to get out of your head, number one. And as you get out of your head, there's nowhere to go. Like you can go to your heart and you can drop into feeling and all of that. But where I'm specifically asking you to go is to that place in you that doesn't move. It's before thought. It's before words um, can even form. It's this sense. It's what I call still point. Mm. And as you can find that spot in yourself, everything else becomes a little bit more obvious. That's what, you know, that's what meditation is ultimately in my opinion, is for. Meditation isn't to like get up and go away and become spiritually enlightened and get all full of woo-woo, widgy-widgy and become a new age sensitive guy, but to be here. This breath is the only place that you can ever be in your entire life. Mm -hmm. You, like when I ask, who are you? I'm not asking what you've done. I'm not asking where you've come from. I'm not assuming and you should not assume because you are not a totality of the biography that you have been. You are unique in this breath right here, right now. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the solid foundation. That's the place to move anywhere from. And until you've found that, how can you answer the question, what do I want? Mm. And then there's want. Want, even that word is coming from a lack like, what do I want? What do I need to fill this hole in me somehow? What do I need to, to pack in this hollow place that, that with it I feel alone? How can we instead ask this question a little differently? Mm-hmm. Like, where, where is there a yes? Where, and, you know, we were talking a little bit before we, we started the interview and, um, you know, I recently went through a divorce and it has been one of the most, fantastic experiences of my entire life. Um, not because it was all like amazing and, and feel good, but because it brought me down to such a core, like stripped me down to exactly the still point that I'm talking about. It's been the greatest gift in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And out of that, I've lived a busy life. I've filled my life full of all sorts of wants and all sorts of ways to prove my egoic existence and you know, try to make it so that my breath on this planet counts. So getting to that core me, me-ness, but then also through this process of divorce, I, I developed something called Operation Fuck Yeah. <laughs> and Operation Fuck Yeah is, uh, I was encouraged by one of my dear friends to schedule my last year with one week off every month. And I am blessed to be able to have, you know, in my employment in my world that will allow me to do that. But I decided to do it and I am filling that time and have been filling that time with not just like, yeah, I could do that. Oh yeah, no, but the things that I'm like, oh fuck yeah, I want to go do that. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Fuck yes. I want that. I want to, I want to go do that. Mm-hmm. I am drawn to do that. I'm inspired to do that. And I don't know how I couldn't not do that. 
So for instance, um, it started off last year with a 10-day school for the work with Byron Katie, which if any of you men have the capacity to or the, the draw to, I cannot recommend the work of Byron Katie any anymore. Like it's, it has been monumental in shifting my awareness of myself Mm -hmm. and going hard shit and realizing it's not all that personal. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Not that unique. (laughs) Right. It's not, you know, again, I am not the the totality of my biography. Mm -hmm. My world is a new right in this moment. As we're sitting here in this interview, we've not done this before. And my day, I don't know what's going to happen. So the anxiety that might come up of wondering what I can do with my life or how I'm going to prove myself to my father, how I'm going to prove myself to myself, like, let go. This is enough. Mm-hmm. This moment is all I can do anything about. Yeah. And, and I really appreciate what you're saying here, man. It's something, it's funny how these interviews, they get lined up in almost in pairs. I just had a conversation yesterday with another guy and we were talking about very much the same thing about how that's that stillness. What was the term you used? The still point, still point, how it, it's so simple. It can be so simple. All it takes is to crack ourselves out of the comforts we've built around us and to break ourselves free of this sedation we get from society just to listen yep. and to see what shows up yep. then. It's not that you have to plan something or you have to have some orchestrated curriculum. It's just breaking ourselves out of some of these things first and then seeing yep. what's there. Because I've seen it happen over and over again. As soon as you break that for yourself free of that, there's so much waiting to have your attention. It's just having the capacity yep. to actually hear it. That's the, that's the magic. Absolutely. And if we're too busy doing, doing our busy things and living our busy lives, trying to prove ourselves, we're not focused in. And that's one of the things that you know, meditation can, can provide huge doors into. Mm-hmm. Excellent, man. Well, let me ask you this question. I really would love to hear your take on this. I often ask my guests this question to start the episode, but we kind of rolled into something different. Um, <laughs> so let me get your take on this. What do you think is the difference between a boy and a man? Mm, I see so few examples of men. Number one, there's a lot of overgrown boys and boys who've made a lot of money and have a lot of toys, but I see very few examples of men. And uh, part of it is not needing to prove oneself anymore, Mm. being self-directed, being self-led. And that's not being egoic or pushing or stuck in like, no, I'm, I am doing my own thing. And like, that's ego. Mm. A man, to me, has, has recognized and fallen in love with and harnessed his feminine. Mm. So, so important. I, my life changed when I really dialed in an awareness into my feminine. So let's let's define let's define feminine then first, so that because that's another question I love to ask because so often we associate gender roles to the words masculine and feminine. So what what is your what's your definition of feminine? And then you can also define masculine too if you like. Sure, it's how we approach. It's how we approach challenge. It's how we approach things. And there are there are times where the masculine needs to be there and has a sharp sword, and you know the warrior knows when to use it and how to use it and is skillful with it. The feminine works differently. The feminine listens. My feminine, as, I, as I've as i come to understand it, is more like an altar. Mm. I think about self-discovery like a house. 
and I keep finding new rooms and I keep finding new things in myself as I talk with other people and as I, you know, as I sit and as I go on adventures. And my feminine, I found, was this fat stone slab altar in this little alcove that I hadn't seen before with indirect lighting and it held, it holds this presence. And where there were things that were challenging um, that I, with my masculine, my kind of make shit happen side of me, which I have, um, and is super handy and, <laughs> and helpful um, for a lot. Like the program that I run wouldn't be here without me having a pretty firm handle on the masculine. Mm-hmm. But this stone slab altar, I take, I take things that I'm curious about or, or working through and not sure what's up, and I take them and I set them on the altar. Mm-hmm. And I let go and I sit. And I just notice how, how things change. And what I notice is that things do change and I, I get a better understanding of what I was seeking out to. And in dare I say a better way than the masculine. You know, I love being able to make shit happen, but the grounding of the feminine is essential in making, in making moves in life, in creating life that is really fulfilling. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate that. I love asking this question because it challenges us to investigate why we even use these words to, uh, why do we even ascribe these words to something in the first place? And why have we given them so much meaning? Because ultimately we're dealing with humans here. So whether we're masculine, feminine, male, female, who cares? And as humans, we have these different abilities and each human is somewhere on the scale or the spectrum between their masculine and feminine at any point in time. So what you're saying here, it just made me think of how interesting it is that oftentimes my masculine wants to grab a problem that shows up in my life and figure it out <laughs> and, and kind of say, don't worry, I got this. And versus that surrender, that patient listening that you're describing in your feminine with your stone slab altar, that's, it's a, it's a different skill set. And the surrender is, is it. You know, my favorite Rumi quote is, try something different, surrender. <laughs> <laughs> we try to we try to push ourselves we try to things that i said on the altar you know they like puzzle pieces so there was as i was starting to go into this divorce and this major change in my life i came to realize that there was this i was feeling claustrophobic in my life and what i had built even though i like i have a gorgeous life mm-hmm. i get to adventure all the time i'm like i'm i'm living my dream and yet i was feeling claustrophobic and i got i came to realize that I had built a wall around me of bricks mm. and I, I had made these bricks. I had cooked these bricks from the, from the clay. I mixed the mortar and I set every single one of them in place. And I set each one in place because with the intention, you know, not consciously, but I set them with the intention of keeping myself safe. Mm. And each one was a thou shalt, a thou shalt not, a, a belief that I need to be a certain way in order for people to want to be around me, in order for people to want to hire me to be with their kids or to run programs for like a custom family expedition that I needed to show up in a certain way. And so these bricks, or that I had been to Burning Man, like, oh, can't talk about that. <laughs> Too many assumptions there. And like all of these different, and I, in every single one, put myself. Mm. And as I came realized this, that I was fully, fully covered. I had no room to go. I had no room to grow. Mm. And 
I started, this was shortly after I found this, this feminine in this altar and I approached it. You know, the, the masculine would have been like, oh, fuck this. There's this wall. Let's take a wrecking ball. And <laughs> That's funny. That's the Bye. image I had in my mind. I want this ball here. <laughs> Goodbye. But what happens is that the work isn't really done that, that, that shifts the reason why I put those bricks there. And so I approached it from this feminine context of um, I just sit there almost in like, and this is all in metaphor, but I'd sit there almost in meditation and I would reach and I would touch a brick and I'd say, okay, are you ready to let go? And if it said no, I'd say, okay. And I'd go to another one. Are you ready to let go? And if it said yes, it would slide right out and I would set it down. There'd be a little bit of stars that I could see through the brick, through the hole that was left. And then I would go to another. Are you ready to let go? Mm. Yes. Excellent. Just let it go and honor it for, for what it's been in my life. And the, the things that it's taught me and how I can now get through that. And now I still have a wall up. I don't know that that's ever going to go away. I mean, there's, there's aspects that, you know, I'm not going to run around screaming everything that I do and like posting everything on Facebook, all the little things. Like I think having, having some level of privacy is wise and yet not because I'm trying to keep myself safe and separate. Mm -hmm. I can see the sky and I feel, you know, more wonder and I am so much more available to people around me and the relationships around me. Right. Well, it's a fascinating process, man. I, what I'm hearing and what you're saying is a little bit of a departure from what common belief, common conception is in growth and development is that there's there's an efforting that must take place. There's an active role in unwinding and de- deconstructing these stories that we have in the in the symbolic form of bricks that you said, building ourselves or building up around us. But what you're saying sounds like a little more of an, an allowing process of allowing them to yep. leave as they will, because we don't really have full command or control over some of these things is what I'm hearing from you. Is that, is that about right? What I'm interested in is truth. Mm. What I'm interested in is, is taking away all that is not true and seeing what's left. Mm. Yes. It's, I, I consider it actually a lot more effort to keep things up that are false, mm. keep up facades, keep it all up. And you know, do you know what a buttress is? Like, mm-hmm a flying buttress on old like cathedrals and stuff. The buttress is there because the walls would otherwise be weak. Mm -hmm. So if we take the buttresses down, if we take all that and let it go, what stands, that's what's true. Mm -hmm. And I find that the more I let go of, the more presence that I have to to offer Mm -hmm. myself, number one, because I'm not tracking all of this other bullshit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it seems like there's also, I heard you mention a little while back that this conversation about validation, you know, I think it was, it was when you were describing the difference between a boy and a man, that a man has really finally truly let go of any need to be validated or approved of by anyone else. And so let's shift gears for a little bit into this conversation of belonging. And before we got on this call, I told you that one of the pieces that you put out, the word belonging showed up and it just stood out to me because I know that that is a deeply rooted desire, almost an instinctual desire that we have as, as mammals, as social beings. So, yeah. so what's your perspective on belonging and, and why and how we look for that as men? It's one of our basic needs. Once our you know, food, shelter, clothing stuff is taken care of, we have four needs, according to um, William Glasser, anyway, a psychologist. Power, freedom, fun, and sense of belonging. And 
we will do anything that we need to do in order to get those needs met. You know, we look at lots of things that are not necessarily healthy, but meet those needs. You know, a glaring one is like gangs. Power, yeah, there's a sense of power in their freedom. They do whatever the fuck they want. A sense of belonging, yeah. Power, freedom, sense of belonging. Fun. And fun. <laughs> like, and they just have fun. And so it meets all of those things. And it's a powerful thing to belong to to be part of. And there are a few places that we that we can find in modern culture that have that. Like most people turn to social media because there's this feeling of belonging. You know, it's it's the lowest hanging fruit on the tree. Mm-hmm. Belonging, though, like a true sense of belonging to me takes being seen. And like truly for who we are, which to me unlocks all the freedom in the world. Once someone has been seen and know that they have been seen by someone for who they are, not who they're trying to be in order to feel the love, acceptance, and appreciation that they feel like they need to in order to, you know, have friends or have a lover or, you know, be really truly accepted. But actually seen for who they are, exactly where they are, not who they could become, not their realm of possibility, not who they have been or what they have done, but who they are, again, in this moment. Once they have been seen, it unlocks, it unlocks freedom. It unlocks confidence, and that's when they feel belonging. Hmm. You know, in, in my programs and what, what we work with, you know, we bring people on adventures, but ultimately the adventures are just the backdrop for like a fun, sexy, fun, like amazing adventurous backdrop for exactly that is creating the safety that people need in order to unfold and get vulnerable to show people who they really, really are. Mm -hmm. And then we can work with them. Mm -hmm. Then we have some, we have something to, to play with. We can, you know, from that point, it's really fun. Yeah. And I, and I know that there's a lot of mechanisms we create or we use to manipulate people or environments or circumstances so that we can achieve a sense of belonging, whether it's genuine or authentic is a different question. So, so what do you have to say about that, about these different mechanisms we have to achieve that sense of belonging and how, especially how it shows up with adolescents? Because I think that, that those adolescent behaviors, they follow us into adulthood they just look different on a on a man's body so to speak <laughs> yeah seems like everything is a little bit contrived mm. and i'm not saying that that's necessarily a horrible thing because it takes it takes a little bit of invitation in order to for people to to be able to i don't know let go i look at some programs and i th- i think it's a mixed bag you know i i look at the leadership that's that's happening in 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 different programs or different individuals. And I, I asked the question, like, who's this really for? Mm. And can tell, like, can tell if it's, if it's for, you know, the men who are, who are maybe holding the rite of passage, you can tell if it's for them, if it's, if they're still working on healing their own wound through service to another. And you can tell if it's just genuine, like, and these are few and far between programs that um and experiences you know rites of passage if you will that are really truly meant for the participants Mm. and that's kind of the litmus test that i that i hold up to anything that i'm that i'm wanting to do and anything that i'm offering like who's this for and the answering the question of who is this for will make 
the choices down the line from that point of what do we do? What question do we bring? What's the, level, what's the, what's the inquiry that, that would be most helpful here? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question, man. You get, definitely got me reviewing and taking inventory of my own life and looking where I'm still insidiously making things about myself. I know that's something that is very, it's very tricky. It's very sneaky. The ego has ways of manifesting these things around us that we say are of service. And truly, like you said, we're still sorting our own stuff out. Totally. Especially if you have something going on that, that people are stoked about. Mm-hmm. You know, not from an egoic place, but I get a lot of accolades around the program that I've been part of developing. It's hard to not take an egoic point of view with that and and let it run. But I'm more inspired when I'm really asking the question of, you know, who's this for? And how can I reach them? How can I make it safe enough for that person in particular to get vulnerable, mm-hmm. to be real? Hmm. And sometimes that's coming from the feminine. Sometimes that's really coming from the masculine. Mm. Just last weekend was, was a participant in a program where there was a guy who was not real in connection with his, with his masculine, just very, very soft. And in the circle, I just said, you know, my, the coyote in me wants to push you and keep pushing you until you push back. And then we had this beautiful process that was, you know, part that masculine of really drawing that out and then honoring with the feminine. And it was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I think that's also a mark of somebody who's really in a body of service and outside of a body of ego is when you're willing to go from the most extreme end of the scale in the masculine or the extreme end of the scale in the feminine after asking yourself the question, what does this person need? What does this person need in front of me? And I'll go there for their sake, you know, versus right. where I'm most comfortable to go. You know, it's interesting that this comes up. Of course, this comes up because in my life and in, in the expeditions I'm leading with men and taking men out into the wilderness, one of the most comfortable places for me to go is to be the likable guy. I to enroll people through being a really likable, amicable guy. You know, people trust me very quickly. Yep. And then being able to go onto that razor's edge to push people to the point of pushing back because there's a lot of other guys out there like me who are nice guys who have been conditioned to be nice guys because that's how we've learned to achieve belonging. Yep. So, so yeah, so I've noticed that even just this past weekend when I took seven guys out, that was called upon for me is okay, time to do something that's going to make me an unlikable guy (laughs) and start and start pushing physically or metaphorically. And it's great to, you know, to, to, to see people who are willing to go there because that's what someone needs. That's that to me, that's really the mark of somebody who's in their service. Yeah. And, and the ego slips in, in those places too. I watch it. I watch it with myself. And what I try to do is I try to become a plumber. Let me explain. (laughs) Plum in a construction context is to be perfectly upright and a perfectly upright something is much more stronger than, you know, the tower of Pisa, which will eventually fall plumber. It's an acronym. Pause, listen, understand, bring inquiry and repeat. So pause, stop what you think is the right answer. Stop overlaying your story on them. Mm. Stop thinking that what, was best for you, what you think would have been best for you as a teenager or as a young man is the same thing that would be good for this person in front of you. Stop and be a clear conduit in order to listen to where they are, what's going on, 
listen to what's being said, listen to what's not being said, and for God's sake, shut the fuck up so you can do it. Mm. You can't have the mind chatter and listen at the same time, which is, sorry for another plug for meditation, but there it is. (laughs) Pause, listen, in order to understand right where they are. And then meet them right where they are. Not a step ahead, not a step behind, and, and then bring inquiry. Ask questions because you don't know what's best for any other person. Mm-hmm. And if you, come, if you come across and you're delivering like, oh, I know what's best for you, what's going on in their head, whether they know it or not, is bullshit. I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. And the most inspiring thing that we can do for another is help them to understand that they know already. They just need to slow down themselves and listen to themselves and listen to that small voice that is so small at first but encourage them to listen and it gets louder and louder and louder and louder. Mm. So pause, listen, understand, meet, bring inquiry, and then repeat. It's a cycle. Mm-hmm. I really like that process. I'm going to hold on to that acronym, man. That's a great one. And I, I love that it ends with bring inquiry, that it doesn't end with bring answers <laughs> or bring solutions <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the presupposition that something is broken or in need of fixing. More that, yep. you know, I, I love this context of discovery, especially in men's work, because the masculine in men is always looking for some solution. How do just tell me the way to get myself out of the situation? Just tell me what to do and I will execute it with my masculine edge. And it's like, no, right. let's be in the question yep. for a little bit. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. man. Not if you really want to do the work, it doesn't work that way. Right. And not if you really want to become autonomous and self-empowered and self-driven, self-directed, like you said. What I what I hear and behind what you're saying is this sense of what I would define as inner guide. And is that so tell me a little bit about that philosophy and, and how you help others get in tune with that inner guide. Well, we have programs for junior high, high school, adult men, adult women, and then families. And we have some some basic things that we do on every program in order to develop the safety, in order to you know make agreements around how we want this to go and how we want to be treated and you know confidentiality and, and all of that. And then you know we go out on these epic adventures that you know we've been in four states and seven countries we take float planes to remote islands. We sit in hot springs in faraway places. We surf, we rock climb, we backpack, we canoe, we kayak, we do whitewater raft, we international travel. Like we just, we throw down. And, and as, as people are in a, in a situation of this adventurous, and you know, you know this, that they are slightly off kilter. They're out of, outside of their comfort zones. And as they're outside of their comfort zones, they're much more likely to be able to take in new ideas and new experiences and look at their life just a little bit differently. Like, like getting out on an adventure puts a crack in the wall of their of their dam that holds back life and, you know, able to skillfully weave in there through, you know, intentional conversations and journal assignments and solos mm-hmm. anywhere from 24 to 48 hours. And once, once we've started into, into a program, you know, we bring some of the standard stuff, but then we really work with the people that are there. So again, not assuming that we're, that, you know, I've, I've been facilitating for, 
a really long time and I have a wonderful facilitator tool bag that as I start to understand who's on the trip and like what is really needed, different things come out of that tool bag of conversations and one-on-ones and, um, and challenges, both physical or emotional or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, oftentimes it's funny. I, it, it takes a, people a lot sometimes to step out of their comfort zone enough to go on an adventure like the, like what we're talking about here. But I, but what most people don't realize in, is, in my opinion, the most challenging part is bringing whatever is learned, whatever is unearthed, whatever is discovered back into life and integrating or the third stage of a rite of passage incorporation is always the most challenging part. So, so how do you lead people in successfully integrating and incorporating their experiences? Ongoing coaching is a big deal, particularly for the, the adults. For the youth, we have for local people in the Ashland area, we have an ongoing program through the school year that we call the Guide Council. And we get together two to three times a month. We sit in a circle. We, I bring different inquiry and topics that would, that would be helpful for them along the path. We go out on three weekend long adventures, adventures through the year. And then the high school program, everyone each month gets a two-hour one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So it's an intact program that supports, and then the, yeah, that supports them. You know, I, I agree. Like people go on these epic adventures, and then they come back and they're like, "Ah, oh, I hate my life." <laughs> and they like, they just so quickly go right back into it, mm-hmm. into whatever it is that they were doing, the the way that that they were thinking before they started the the adventure, and mm-hmm. so it's 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 quick to think that it was just a dream. Mm-hmm. The ongoing support helps people to remember that it wasn't a dream and that they have choice. Mm. And, do, and do some of these circles that you have, do they go on? How, what's the longest circle you have going on from a, from a group that you've taken out? Uh, well, we've been doing guide counsel for six years. Wow. Okay. There, there are people who are in the guide counsel still from who started off with that very first group. And you have new folks who go out on adventures, just jump into the guide council and then it's people from different. Oh, that's cool. Oh, Correct. I love that. So yeah. it's, it's an ongoing community of, you know, people who veterans who've been in for a long time and it, it seeds the, the community of the guide council because people know why they're there mm-hmm. and know how to get what they want from from that experience and are showing up to get it and other people are like oh yeah that dude i want to whatever that person is like whatever they've got like this magic that they have i want some of that Mm -hmm. like yeah council sounds awesome let's do that oh wow they're asking great questions so they're listening they're like it's uh it's a it's an incredible community that i'm really i'm i'm inspired and excited about Mm -hmm. and then the community piece is so essential when it comes to this, I, I often tell people that there is no medicine to give if there is no community. There's, there's no people to give it to. And so, um, and, and on the opposite end of that, just to be mirrored back, to, to have your experience mirrored back to you in a community setting is so critical. Yep. You know, and it goes back to your, your question around belonging. Mm-hmm. Create a community that's so supportive at the core where people feel really comfortable and inspired being who they are. You know, our high school, uh, our high school group is open gendered and we have a trans female who, you know, she feels comfortable being exactly who she is. And, and it's, it's inspiring to get to stand in a circle of people of, 
you know, Ashland's pretty white, unfortunately, but like otherwise it's pretty diverse, this group of people from socioeconomic and, and gender and sexual orientation and to create a group that feels that, that's open to everybody and not even open, but like is celebrating of them. Yeah. It's powerful, man. Just that alone, being able to be seen, listened and heard and feel safe enough to express yourself authentically. That's, there's so much, so much healing in just that alone. So uh, I love what you're doing up there, man. Really inspiring what you're creating for these young folks and trusting that, you know, a body of a lifetime of work in what you're doing will really have ripples and waves that impact generations to come. So Thank you for doing what you do, my man. As we start to wrap up this amazing conversation, I've got a few lightning questions I like to ask before you get a chance to tell us all about how we can find out more about Inner Guide. You up for that? <laughs> cool. Shoot. All right. So first one is, what is one thing you've learned in your life up to now that you wish you knew when you were 18? Mm, to follow my yes. To let go of the shoulds. This thing in life that we call life is a terminal condition you will not be in this breath and um and follow inspiration follow your fuck yeah (laughs) i love that one follow your yes and uh, what do you think is the most important value to have as a man most important value integrity Mm -hmm. that um what you say and what you do match your actions match your words and yeah, there's so much integrity is a, <laughs> is a big unpack. But um, that your actions match your words, and that integrity to me also says something around leadership. Like, there's a lot of leaders out there. A lot of people consider themselves leaders, but I don't know that a lot of people pause and ask themselves the question: Are you worth following? Hmm. And somebody to me with integrity is worth following. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I like that. Well, then uh, just let us know where, pe- where people can find you, how they can get involved with Inner Guide Expeditions, and yeah, give us all the links. The website is www.innerguideexpeditions. That's innerguideexpeditions, plural, dot com. And phone number 541 and we do offer adult programs, adult male programs, adult female programs. We're going to go spend seven days in Baja at, uh, at the end of January, snorkeling and uh, jumping off waterfalls, sitting in hot springs and surfing, all in the context of finding our feminine through uh, the metaphor of water. Wow. Is that, is that for men, women, everybody? That is for men. Awesome. Cool. And there's some stuff that we offer for women as well. And we do, do, we do offer custom family expeditions where basically I interview every single person who's going to be on the trip. We talk about what are the dynamics going on in the, in the group, in the family, and you know, what, are the, what are the conversations that they could really use? What are the avoid topics and that kind of stuff? And then I create a customized curriculum for that, that group. And place that inside of an adventure that works into their their schedule and the season and their budget and it's it's incredible. Hmm. I like uh, I like the sound of that, man. The custom family expeditions. That's really cool. Yeah. 
And I bet you have some powerful experiences with those. So anybody out there with your families, hit Tom up, make it happen. That's uh, that's something very unique. I bet could open up a lot of doorways for families. It's uh, it's incredible. Awesome, man. Well, listen, man, thank you for taking the time to have this conversation. It was great to connect with you. I really admire the way you carry yourself in your life and the body of work that you've created and specifically that continuing to listen and follow your heart, you know, with this, what you yeah. shared about going through your divorce and just being even more clear about your path and your purpose. Um, I really respect that. Yeah. Thank you, Jenny. Thanks for having me on. You got it, man. So we'll catch you down the road next time. You both the good work. Right on, man. There you have it. I really enjoyed this dialogue with Tom. He's just a tremendous man doing tremendous work in the world. What really struck me about him and the way he shows up is how genuine and authentic he is in his presence, in his leadership, and in his vision. I have yet to experience him facilitating in the flesh, but I will definitely be signing up for one of his experiences because I can tell that he's a man who really leaves his ego out of his service. And that's something that really inspires me, something that really caught my attention in this interview. So make sure you guys continue to go over and follow this man, follow what he's doing with Inner Guide and support his work because it's important work to do in this world. And if you are interested, the links to the show notes will have information on how you can follow up with Tom and be a part of Inner Guide. If you are in the Southern California area and you're interested in opportunities similar what we discussed in this episode, you can head over to rise.jettyazuma.com slash elements. Even if you're not in Southern California, I had guys flying in from Colorado, from Northern California, from all over to be a part of our first crew. So don't let that be a limiting factor. Head over to rise.jettyazuma.com slash elements and get involved in this next elemental weekend coming up in January. Make sure you join the Rising Man Facebook community, facebook.com slash groups slash the Rising Man. And make sure you go over to Rising Man, the Rising Man Podcast.com for all the links and resources found in the show notes for each and every episode. Please subscribe and follow the Rising Man Podcast on the app of your choice if you haven't already. It really helps us to boost our numbers, boost our ratings, and get in front of more men out there in the world. For all of you who are out on Instagram, we are at Rising Man Podcast. Lots of tremendous content that's being put up there by my Rising Man Power Team, Rowan, Julian, Mark. Appreciate everything you guys are doing. Last but not least, a shout out to Sean Offenbach over at Infinite Melodics at Infinite, M-E-L-O-D-I-X on Instagram. He's the man behind the curtain who I mention every week making these episodes sound so professional, crisp, and fresh. Been getting a lot of feedback from people out there who've been listening saying, damn, it sounds really, really good. <laughs> so, Sean, you get to receive that, brother. You're doing a great job out there, man. I appreciate you. And for everybody else out there, until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.